everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners, the Scene Partners podcast that was started because we were entering a pandemic and we wanted to do a show, and now we just did the show. So uh, this is the last episode <laughs> ever. No, it no, it isn't. No, it really isn't. <laughs> like, don't just immediately stop listening. Hey, what do you want to talk about today? Yeah, I don't really know if there's anything to talk about, to be honest. I mean, it's just kind of like us living our lives. Yeah, you know, what'd you do last weekend? Totally fine. I would like to talk about the fact that we're sitting a little differently, and my mic, I think, is <laughs> like, falling. I mean, right from the beginning. <laughs> I clearly didn't have a set This is a sign of the end. The way that... <laughs> the end of times. <laughs> the way that it needed to be, so there might be some weird little noises. There we go. <laughs> Nice and tight. Um, so this last weekend we performed and finally put the like, I don't know what you what do you even say that like the the like the death nail like what is the thing (laughs) (laughs) nail in the coffin there no I mean not the nail in the coffin. It's like the, the we turned the final page. Yes, we the closed last, the lid. They closed the lid. We we put if we liked it, we put a lid on it, and it is done. Yes. And To Kill a Mockingbird is officially finite. Yes, finished, which is really weird. It's like kind of strange. Yeah. It's like, all right, do I now like immediately let go? I mean, we just ended this yesterday, yeah. and you and I are recording the day after the last performance, and. We were incredibly ambitious, and we were like, no, if we just say we'll record it before it opens, we'll do it. Like, I don't know what in the world. Yeah, that didn't happen. There was no way that was going to happen. There was no no time. I think from Saturday. If I would have taken off all of my work, like every other thing I was doing, we probably could have made it work. But you would have had to do the same. Oh, of course. (laughs) I think from Saturday until, well, until we closed yesterday, we were at the theater pretty much all day, every day. Yeah. Basically, outside of like work. Outside of normal work schedule. So. But I mean, you know, when, when it we were going through it, it's just there was something so interesting about this entire process from start to finish that feels so different. I mean, I, I have never languished this much over a over a, a show. Yeah. Um, from a production standpoint, from an acting standpoint, directing anything like I've and I was doing all three of those things in this show. Yeah. And um, I mean, and so were you really. And it's just, there was just something about this that any moment you just thought, okay, I'm going to get a phone call that somebody was directly exposed or that somebody tested positive or something and or somebody's going to be sick or they think they're going to be sick and then this is over. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it could have happened on Thursday on our opening night and it would have been it. Yeah. That would have been the nail in the coffin. Oh, man, dude, that would have been... Well, Well, even with Bill... Uh, oh, we had the hurricane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, our Tom Robinson made the drive every day two hours to be a part of every show. After processing soldiers in and out of, of Louisiana because yeah. of Hurricane Ida. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, I... I was able to, I think that's another thing. I, I was able to be a little bit more introspective, I think, with this one, of looking at it while I was in it and just seeing all the people that were around us that were making this thing happen and how passionate they became about the project. Yeah. And I think that's best case scenario when you're working on something and then you notice that other people that have signed on to this project with you have now become you know, it's it's biggest fans. Yeah. And they're like, they're, no, we're like going to help you push this this boulder up the mountain. And I think that 
that stems down from you know the passion that you know from the from the top down. Yeah. When when people who are very passionate from the top are are you know sort of like yeah, the letting that go effect. out. Yeah. And I think other people like latch on to that and they're like, oh, wow, we see how, you know, how invested emotionally even in, into this that Cody is not just like financially or, you know, time wise. Like we want to also do this thing justice because we've also had this script in our hands for, you know, 18 months. Yeah. We really want to tell this story. But, you know, it wasn't just my passion. I mean, it was yours well, and, yes. and Lexi. And I mean, this was just such a cool experience for me. Because it was literally like my entire family. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like people that I consider my family, like you and Amanda, were also yeah. working on this project who are, you know, Amanda's one of my actual literal oldest friends. And it's just so cool. But it is true. I mean, I've just known her for so long. And, and if, like the performance that she gave in this was truly phenomenal yeah and it i mean it was probably like when, when she did christmas carol with us i thought this is the best thing she's ever done and then i saw this and i was like oh my god how could she ever yeah top this i mean it was just so so good but i feel that way about everyone yeah i feel like everyone was on their a game yeah i mean the from entire the, run of the show and you know and you need that to be able to put on a show like this that we mm -hmm. were doing because it's so oddly enough even though it took place over 80 years ago this is still such a hot button topic, yeah. you know, issue. And I I really have been, in, it's been interesting hearing the the naysayers, I guess, on the other side of the aisle there towards the end of, of people saying that we should have never produced the show. And it's also was interesting hearing those same people say we shouldn't produce it, having them come see it and be like, thank you for producing this. Yeah. It's like, well, you're welcome. And next time, <laughs> don't make this so hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, have a little faith. And I know that it, I, I mean, there was nothing easy about the subject matter of this show. There just wasn't, and it still isn't. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to hear or repeat any of the language from the show ever you know, again. One of the things that I heard most uh, from from even family members that had come to see the show, they were like, "I." it was so jarring. It's very jarring. To yeah. hear, you know, those certain words you know, uttered, yeah, well, but it was so commonplace. And thank God that we've, gotten, that we've gotten so far away from it. Yeah. Or hopefully so far away from it that people are like, wait, people used to talk like that? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, it is sad. I still, we're, we're in the South. You still come across people who this is a normal part of their vocabulary. Yeah. And, and that is in more than incredibly frustrating and very disheartening. Mm -hmm. But being able to hear so many others be like, no, I've n I never hear anyone talk like this ever. Or like, you know, some of the kids from the kids show, like when we did the school show, the kids show, wasn't a kids show <laughs> from the school show. Um, whenever they, they saw it, they were, you know, not familiar, like with hearing this all the time, mm -hmm. like it was jarring for them too. And, and that is comforting. But it also is different in reading the book and you actually know, hearing it. Yeah, when you when you read the book, you know, you see it written all the time, people mm -hmm. saying it all the time, but when you hear and you have like a physical representation of someone saying it as often as, you know, right. like it's say that you will characterization of yeah, truth. It's just like it's so much more uncomfortable. Well, and you're also experiencing it with others. Yeah. And you know, it's like you don't <laughs> Like there are certain things that are, are just kind of like, I mean, this happened. I was by myself. It was not a big deal. If somebody else were there, <laughs> that would have been terrible. Yeah. 
It's the same thing. You're sitting there in an audience around all these other people. And, you know, it, it, it's just I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that then all of a sudden you feel shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, right. This is this isn't just like reading it in my own head. Other people are also experiencing this around me and I see the truth in it. Yeah. And, and it's also like for I guess for certain audience members, you would become immediately so aware of all the different creeds and and colors and you know people around you and like well we talked so much about the the mob mentality thing and it's kind of like sitting out there and then you realize this is not okay yeah well and i think there's yes and you know i think that's why we it was so important in the show whenever we actually got to the mob scene whenever the men come for um tom robinson in the jail and mm -hmm. they're going to do the mob justice and that's why that was so important to us, because it's the first time that you're really confronted with not only hearing it, but now you're seeing it. Yeah. It, you know, the way the script is written, you, you hear the language offstage a lot. And I say a lot, but, you know, it, you, you hear it offstage. It's not until it, there, there are now faces that mm -hmm. you've seen on stage before that are now revealed. Right. And then you have that that physical representation of what this is now. You know, one of the things uh, that I thought was super important whenever we did the school show, and I said this after the school show, and I, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah. I really was incredibly nervous about doing the school show because, you know, after hearing so many people seem so shocked in a way that not only were we doing this show, but that we hadn't altered any of the language from the script that I was like, man, is this is this okay that we're doing this? Like now all of a sudden I have this doubt. Like are the kids going to react in a, yeah. in a good way or in a healthy way or whatever? And uh, when we walked out there, it was just very interesting because we had one school that was, um, that was predominantly African-American. And then mm -hmm. we had another school that was probably more majority of white Caucasians. Yeah. You know? And... Because of the way that, you know, whenever schools come in and the way we were socially distancing everyone, we had all the schools sitting with each other, which made the most sense. And it was so interesting because then that meant that it looked like our audience was segregated. Yeah. And I remember being up there doing Atticus's speech at the end of the trial, you know, talking about the equality, essentially, yeah. and justice. And it's just there was something about because it's the one time where Atticus addresses the audience because the audience is the jury. Mm -hmm. And there was something about looking out there and seeing it, like not only like that I'm talking about it, but then seeing this weird physical representation that I'm still like, why is this even in it? Like, how do we have predominantly anything schools? Yeah. Like, how is that even a thing? Like, why is that a thing? Like, I cannot... And of course, that's coming from a place of extreme privilege on my part that I just can't understand this. I, I'm like, I don't know why this is this way. And it I mean, it hurt. It really hurt. But it was so amazing the response that those kids had to this show. Oh, yeah, because we had the talk back after the show and they asked really, really good questions. Phenomenal. I mean, it, and you could hear them experiencing the show, too, in mm -hmm. a way that other like our 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 more adult audiences that came in the evening that they didn't experience it this way. Yeah. You know, the kids were like, they were in it. 
They were really in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and they were vocal about it. Like, it was so fun when I was sitting over there with uh, with Bill, with Tom Robinson, and we heard that girl whenever um, Meredith's character gets up to testify who's wrongfully accusing Tom Robinson of a crime he didn't commit. And she stood up, and this this girl said, sit yourself down. What'd you do? Don't go up there. She's lying. You know she's yeah. lying. She was just, like, so in it. She was so angry about it. Yeah. And then to hear their shock... When Tom Robinson is is accused, like is uh, convicted, yeah. Whenever he's convicted of guilty, there were there were like audible gasps. Yeah, like they couldn't believe. And in that moment, I realized, oh right, they have no idea mm-hmm. about this story. They don't know what's about to happen. Like they probably really thought, after all of that, that it was going to, because the evidence is so clear. Yeah. That there's no way that he could lose, just like Jim, because it's really just like Jim and, and Scout upstairs. They're Jim like, Scout and Dill are like, of course, of course he's gonna like. Jim says, no, this one's gonna be different. When the Reverend says, I've never heard of a trial or of a jury uh, ruling in favor of a black man, mm-hmm. and Jim says, no, this one's gonna be different. But the Reverend knows the whole time, yeah. which is why he has that one line right before the verdict. Whenever he looks down, he says, "Brother Tom," yeah, and he looks up at him and he's like. This is it. It's just, it was so cool to be able to do that for, you know, the schools and then to be able to do a talk back. And, you know, talk backs are so important. Yeah. They're, it would have been cool to, to do it every night. Well, in a sense, no. <laughs> I'm just going to go with no. Like, I've been to shows where they do talk backs with just an audience that's there to see yeah. the show, you know, in the evening. And I have very rarely enjoyed it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> because it's like, oh, why are but, we doing this? But it's also we're talking about something about that's a little structure. more of a social issue. Yeah, and it's also about structure, mm-hmm. like how you structure the talk back. Is yeah. this something like, do you give the audience the option to leave if they don't want to be a part of the talk back? And if they do, like, do you do like a, hey, in five minutes, yeah, or in ten minutes, we're gonna have a talk back in here. Thank you for coming. If you would like to stay for the talk back, stay. Yeah, go to the concessions, come back. Go Which use the is restroom. a very different thing. And then if you actually have somebody leading it. But more often than not, when I've been to a talk back like that, it's like the lead actor or the director. And they're like, so tell us what you liked about it. Mm, no. <laughs> That's not enough. See, you're right. It's the structure. It's structure. Yeah, you have to have somebody that really knows how to do it in a sense. But yeah. Um where I think that this show, I mean, it would have been great, but I still feel like, I mean, we had a talk back afterwards anyway. We, yeah. We, we did it on our own. But there was something about the questions that those kids asked and the innocence of their, you know, just hearing it and experiencing the story for the first time with fresh eyes, in a sense, that was just really, really cool. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I will, I said it at the time and I, I would say it again, if I would do this show again, just for that one school show performance. Mm. Um, I mean, it was truly awesome. I feel like that that was, you know, that was such a, a like reaffirming thing that all of this that we have gone through to get to here was for this. Like, this is why we did it. This yeah. is going to be, you know, those school shows, some of those kids have never been to a show before. Yeah. And they've definitely never seen a show like this. And, you know, you, you had kind of mentioned this before to the cast that we'll forever be the faces of those characters for to them. them. Yeah. And that's awesome. And this is going to be their frame of reference. Yeah. 
Like they're going to, when they think about this show, they're going to think about this set. They're going to think about that grade they were in when they came and saw it. I mean, it's just like people are like, oh yeah, I read that in high school. It's like, oh, well, I yeah, went I got and watched to watch it. it. It was like, yeah, yeah, I went and watched this play when I was a junior in high school. The One of the kids asked this really awesome question, you know, what is your favorite part of the show? Mm-hmm. And I, I've just kind of been sitting with that, especially after, you know, now that we've closed it. And I think my favorite part is the audience response. I mean, there are scenes that I think are awesome and that are great, mm-hmm. but it, it is genuinely the audience response. Like for me... The, the clicking moment is, you know, you are presenting or Atticus is presenting the information in the trial um, from the uh, Mayella cross-examination. Oh, yeah. And it's all these questions, all these questions. Why well, didn't the children but hear you? he sets it up. Yeah, he and sets it up. And the audience goes. <gasps> yeah. Sets it up. Like, how many brothers and sisters do you have at the very beginning so that that information is there? Yeah. And then you click into their mind and then you feel the, this, the gasps, the <gasps> Mm-hmm. Oh, where were they? And then oh. you also like don't hear inside of my brain. Oh my god! Oh my Is god! This oh, the my right god oh my god! Oh my god! Am I on the? Have <laughs> I led us astray? Well, and that's the thing. Like it was kind of like it was. It was like what I would think. You know, I, I said this after this. It was like it's 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 a good thing that I never actually got cast in the role of Hamlet at any point in time in my life because <laughs> I clearly could not have handled the stress because this was. Except that you wouldn't have that, also been directing yeah, and worrying true. about ticket sales. It's like and a whole else, other yeah. thing. But there was just something about the structure of this that since we were able to sit with the script for so long and able to like work on this show, whenever we started, when I started really looking at it, it was like, man, every single thing ties in together and it builds upon itself and it's building and building and building. Yep. And for Atticus's character, it's building and building and building until he completely breaks. Yeah. And it's just the fall. I really, really love, you know, in the end, we we arrived at the end of the show late, the way the way that we, we ended it. <laughs> yeah. And we ended it in the way that it needed to be, but clearly like it was a journey. Like, you know, you don't you don't make the right decision first all of the time. Yeah. And the direction that we had initially gone in, I mean, I, can you even imagine if we would have kept that version? Oh no, of the it show? would have it would have never resonated in the way that it did because it was it, just it would well, and it was just kind of like, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you telling me this information and me just being like, wow, you know, that was crazy. Well, it it works so much better, and that's that's cool that you touched on that because I think you know, from, from my perspective in thinking about the scene is that you've had all the answers up till now. Like Mm -hmm. even the, the dog scene, like you were doing the thing that no one else in the town wants to do that. No one in the town wants to face up to. And then this thing happens to you and then you don't have an answer. And Boo Radley has helped Atticus. Uh, yeah, everyone else. Yeah, has everyone to in the it. town is basically taking care of Atticus in this one moment. All the way up until Scout, like Scout also is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and I, and that that line just gets me so it got me every night in that, you know, what what Heck said about Boo Radley, you know, bringing him into the limelight. He was right. Yeah, he was, was right. So and it was intense. like, yes, it was just the same as bringing Tom into the limelight. Mm-hmm. And oh, when all of that, you know, sorts starts to connect right there at the end and the way that we had, you know, retooled it for us as actors, you and yeah. I, it just 
hit the ground running. It was like, oh no, this is well, the right and direction. That's when, where you're like, you have to, you have to be so okay. And we touched on this a little bit last time, I think, where we talked about being okay with change. If you yeah. marry yourself into one thing, then you paint yourself into a corner and there's no way out. Yeah, you were so worried about even approaching me about it. And I was like, yeah, no, I kind of feel like this isn't well, working. I, but I was, <laughs> well, because you were, you were in this, I, I don't really know how to say this. You were, you were like clearly acting. <laughs> Where it was like, okay, Chris is doing this like role. He's like, but then he's got this moment at the end where he gets to be real fiery and he's like going for it. And I'm like, I don't want to take that from him, but I don't know if it's the right choice. I will never care. Well, I want to do that justice too. to the story. And I understand that, but it's just also like, I wanted you to have a moment. Yeah. And so I'm like, Ugh. and I let it go probably longer where I was really thinking about it. And I was like, it just isn't like that's. Chris is still going to have his moment as as Hectate. It's just this isn't the right moment. It needs to go the other way. And yeah. in the end, it actually ended up being more powerful. Mm -hmm. And really what that is is, is you know, should have been listening to the instinct from the beginning. But it's also the downside of doing all those other things. Well, yeah, because we were so like, focused on I everything else. I can't necessarily worry about this. Yeah. And then whenever, you know, the moment that all those other things were taken care of, then we could actually focus on, oh, this is a thing that you and I are doing, and we can actually talk about what it should do to change and be better. And this was several days, you know, I just just to be clear, this was several days before we'd actually opened the show that we decided to retool how we approached this the was whole last scene. our second to last day in the rehearsal hall. Yeah. So <laughs> this wasn't like something that happened a week in advance. It was, you no, know. No, it was like, boom, okay. Yeah, like, hey, and man, also, I was like, thinking we should approach this differently. I was like, oh, good. We also just had a phone call about it and then just did it in rehearsal. <laughs> we <laughs> <Yeah>. never rehearsed. <laughs> but it was it was clearly the right choice because it came so naturally when we actually rehearsed it. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, there was just so many amazing things about the show. And I know that this is necessarily not going to be a great podcast for probably anyone to listen to that wasn't involved or didn't know about the show, but... I don't really care. It's cathar cathartic. Well, yes, it's it's. We've been talking about this for a, you know a year and a half, and this is fifty some odd episodes, roughly. Mm -hmm. That I think it is sort of the release of we can now talk about this. We can yeah. talk about what the experience was like, and this is so important to us mm -hmm. that anyone that's been invested, especially from the very beginning, can enjoy right. us sort of luxuriating in this moment. Well, you know, when we finally got into the, it's all. It's also like. There's there's like a saying that's it's like whenever um, something meets preparation, then you get I don't know bazinga or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> you know, just a little of something, <laughs> and you're just like, I'm gonna start it. I don't know where it's going. Well, you know, you just kind of hope that someone else knows the rest. But basically, like we we had all of the all of the right things. Mm -hmm. But we also were surrounded by all of the the. It, it was like we were surrounded by landmines. Yeah. And if anything, if anyone took one wrong step, one landmine goes off, and all the rest of them explode, and it's all yeah, done. Yeah. It's. I, I think the thing that, and here here is just kind of like my little pedestal or whatever. It's just like all the obstacles that it took for us to climb over to get to that opening night. Mm-hmm. And to have everybody on their A game the entire time, just like I, it was so incredibly important to me that that we sort of acknowledged how 
much it meant to us that everybody gave their time. Oh yeah. And their their just experience and just everything that they had that they were willing to lay out everything they had on the stage mm-hmm. to tell the story. And I love that. And I'm well and I I'm also incredibly proud and happy that this was our first show out of the the pandemic. Yeah. And you know, like we talked about that, like cats is gonna be your first show. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, what are you doing? If and, you're an actor, it's a paycheck. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> I'm talking about for your theater producers. No, no, yeah, like, yeah. This is what you waited a year to do. Like, who is that? And I know that that's someone's dream, Taylor Villa Morant. Um, but I know that's someone's dream. But you're, I mean. I, but at that point, it's a business decision. A, and I and think I for us, it was decision. more of, you know what? We were going to do this before the world had to change for us to tell the story. And now, Oh my God! It was just like we now have the opportunity to tell the story. Yeah, and it was it was relevant when we started, and it became even more so. Yes, in so many ways. You got the rabies. I mean, that's like a huge thing for me. Relevance. So you've got rabies. None of the kids in the shoot show knew what rabies was. Yeah, and I was like, well, you don't know that because there's a vaccine. Yeah, you take a shot for it. <laughs> um, we give dogs vaccines. We do not get rabies. If we got rabies, we would then have to take the same or not the same thing. I don't know medicine, but we would take the cure for rabies that they've come up with. But we would take the shot. Yeah. It's like 10 shots, but we would do it. And that's why you don't know about rabies. And so then it's like, I feel like there's this weird, there's this vaccine element. But then there's also, you know, whenever he says, you know, um, she says, well, why are you doing this? If everybody else thinks you're wrong, how do you know that you're not wrong about it? And he's like, well people are entitled to think that and they're entitled to their opinion. But the only thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is your conscience. Yeah. And that is so like that to me is so huge because it's so true. I mean, the, the only difference is, is that can you imagine make them Alabama during to kill a mockingbird in 1935, they would have had Facebook. Oh it man. Terrible. It would have, like this would not yeah. have existed. There's no way that they would have been able to do but this. But you know what? Here, here's one of the the beautiful things about even the way that we had like staged it and everything is that the the character of Miss Stephanie that our our good friend Timberly had played is that you have someone who is so saccharine and sweet and is so they're playing comedically and then all of a sudden they say yeah. something and then you're like oh no you think the same thing that everybody else in this town plays yeah or thinks. Well, it's like she gets the, and this is what we talked about, is that she gets the entire audience on, on her, her team. Yeah. And everyone loves her. And then you see the nastiness. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. So it's like, you talk about everybody having Facebook. It's like, yeah, we, we these these people are so sweet. Look at all these family photos. and Oh, man. It's like oh, the people. they think some things that I don't agree with. Well, it's like looking at people on Facebook. And I've gotten to where I just can't even click on the comments anymore. But like anytime that there's there's any sort of political thing going on about like this is now a coronavirus update in our in our state you look at people's comments and people are like please listen to the officials like this is a real disease and you know like family members have died and they're like commenting in the bottom and then other people are like attacking them and laughing at them yeah and like doing the laugh react thing or they're Going on to like the news stories about, you know, there was recently this horrific story in Louisiana where this woman was pregnant and she got the coronavirus and she died. 
and they the baby didn't survive, and she didn't survive, and people were laugh reacting to this story, and I'm like, who are you people? And then I get to where I'm like, okay, so now I I see that, and I'm like, who actually did this? Mm-hmm. And you go to them, and you select their you select like who reacted and you can go to their name and you go to their profile and you look at it and it's just full of religious content. Yeah. And it's like, Oh yeah, you're doing a really great job. Mm-hmm. You're doing like, how, how dare you? Like that is just, it's insane just like to me just also to like, not be a loving representation of the thing that you uh, believe in yeah, is, is really difficult like for a me. Human being. Yeah. Just shut up. I don't <laughs> like, I just don't even, I have no patience for it, but it's like, can you imagine if someone like Bob Yule from To Kill a Mockingbird had a platform yeah, to just voice his opinions all the time? And he's a disgusting human being with zero, like, you know, humanity. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, you're basically giving voice to these people. I just can't. He'd have taken ivermectin. He would have. He would have been. <laughs> he would have been 100. Well, it would have solved some problems, actually. <laughs> But no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, just like the the fact that what, oh man. And I love that they included that in the, uh, in the script. Um, when Maudie is talking about like how the town then treated him differently afterwards, because yeah. it was like, sure you won, but yeah. you really lost in the end. We convicted him. So go back to your dump. Yeah. Cause you're still just white trash. Exactly. Um, so we've got vaccines, we've got loads of opinions and having to deal with, you know, your family still being your family, even though they're different than what you may think or feel. Yeah. And then um, let's see, there's something else, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, you, you like constantly seeing people f- seeing things from other people's point of view and just yeah. trying to be like, Oh, maybe I should be empathetic, like empathy. And then also just the fact that we were in isolation for so long and you have Dill in the show, this little kid who's like, you know what? I understand why Boo Radley stays shut up in his house all the time. Yep. Like, I understand it now because this is what's in the world. Of course you would isolate yourself from it. And we've all, like, there was just so many things that have happened that set us up, I think, emotionally and um, in, like, a physical representation way, I, I you know, reference. Yeah. For us to be able to do this show and really have a frame of reference for it. And I mean, it's just, I, I just... In a way, I'm I'm thankful for the time that we were given because clearly we did this at at the time that we were supposed to do. Yeah, it. it's you know, and it was the thing. Even even if I didn't believe it when I was telling it to you, when Bill was being called away to go, you know, process those soldiers into the state, I said, you know, things are going to happen in the way that they are meant to happen, and I have to believe that leading into how long the journey was to get here. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, maybe this is the last hurdle we have to we have to climb over. Right. Maybe it this felt, is the last mountain. It felt like that, and it all still worked out. That's just really, I don't know what it is. There's just something else that you have to to have faith in, in a yeah. sense. And and I think that in a way that's also something that the play teaches us. You know, there were so many things that happened, and it was like we're just going to keep going. And people would ask, like, what are you going to do? He's not going to be able to come back or this isn't going to happen. It's like, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. It is going to work out. We're going to do it. And we'll come out on the other end. I never once believed any of that. (laughs) Dude, I was trying to comfort you. I was like, (laughs) man, I I never once believed a single thing that I said about. I mean, I didn't think that any of that was actually going to happen. I was just moving forward, hoping that 
I wasn't making all the wrong decisions and that something Just somehow would work. call me Thomas because I am doubting. I am. Yes. I was, I, was, I was full of doubt. But, I mean, somehow we ended up on the other end of it. Yeah. And clearly it was supposed to happen because there's just something about, you know, when you do something and it's special and then it gets recognized, like you throw your heart and your soul into it and it's scary. Yeah. And it's very vulnerable. And you get to work on things with such amazing actors who are going to give themselves to a role and believe in the story. And not only the actors, but you get to work with your family and that you have your friends show up so that they can help you in the front of house because, you know, your wife, Lexi, is not able to to do every single thing. And she's having to run tracks for the show and she can't completely house manage like she normally does. And my parents, who normally help well, out, are yeah, in the show as well. They're in the show too. So and she's my trying to take care of you. Is and, also yeah. sound designing and <laughs> is running the soundboard. And you are also in the show. And it's like, who's going to do this? And there were people every single time that showed up to help. Yeah. And it's just, it's that thing of that, uh, you know, won't you be my neighbor says, you know, find the helpers. Find the helpers. Look for the helpers. It's Mr. Rogers, by it's the way. It's Mr. Rogers. And it's looking for the helpers. I mean, we had so many helpers. And I feel almost selfish in a way because I I think that whenever stuff like this happens, it has my name on it or it has our theater company's name on it. And in a community like ours, it's not it's not us. I mean, like, sure, we're we're probably a bigger portion of it because we're you know, pulling the strings or whatever yeah. it is that we're... You're, well, we're, you become the face of things a lot of times. Well, and they yeah, think that, and oh, this is all you and it's all like, it understand. Like, There's a no, village of you people. You have absolutely no idea. Like, we would not be able to do this. Like, if if our friend Dana would not have showed up, who, yeah. like, helps us out with our two-man show If also. Jay wouldn't have been so willing to take on to all these roles. all the things. Yeah. If our friend Ty wouldn't be able to, at the last minute memorize an entire part in three days just in case yeah i mean to the point of being able to perform it in the show and nothing changes yes how insanely amazing is that and then willing to put himself through that stress while going through his own life yeah you know i mean that's just you cannot you and and the sacrifices of people's time i mean it's just insanely amazing Mm -hmm. the the fact that we were able to work on this show and design a set that was going to highlight and work with such an amazing lighting designer of Kindle from at the theater who is just an, a true artist. Yeah. And it is, but had, we gave him a canvas but, to paint on. Yes. And that's different than anything he's been able to work on in a while. And he highlighted it in such an amazing way. I mean, he was able to take that static set and change the vibe and the mood at a whim i mean it was just it was amazing and christian godet's music just completely changed the face of the show and we were talking about that without his music the show would have lost so much of its punch it would have just not i mean because how else it is so easy to to um, express a feeling or an emotion through sound and people were able to jump in there and he like had this idea for the storm at the end of the show where he and I, he was explaining it to me on the phone and I was agreeing with him and I didn't understand a thing. He a was single saying. word he was saying. But I could agree with him and give him the license to do it because mm-hmm. I trusted in his artistry. Well, 
for full disclosure, it every time he would do a downstroke on his guitar, like he would do like these little picking things, but when he'd do a big downstroke, he would do the the thunder sound. And man, it sounded so it was freaking good. Absolutely amazing. And it fits so well because it was like here is something that's still in the play that is also a storm. I like we're like yeah. we're we're taking this music that has helped us create this environment and we're now making the environment a part of the music. The, and how crazy that yeah, is. Yeah, the thing just, that I love is that everyone was so willing to use what they had to add elements to the story. Right. That, you know, sure, you could say that, it. well, you know, it's just a book and the book might have been better, all these other things. But it's like we used everything at our disposal to tell the story in the best way that we could. We used mm-hmm. lights to show a passage of time, to show different, you know, even though it was a static set, to show that we were in a different location or that these other things were happening or that, oh, look, we're outside the jailhouse now because we dimly lit this. We have these headlights come in. Just all of these things that 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 we could do to sort of like amplify what we were trying to say. And I, I would almost say that like when the actor stepped on the stage and they saw the lights too, and then they heard well, the music yeah, at it, full volume that they were like, oh, oh, I get oh it. my God. Well, you know, and that's like our, our um, the, the man who played Mr. Gilmer, Brian, had the opportunity of watching. He was incredibly generous. He was he was going through some um, some family things and wasn't going to be able or, or didn't know if he would be able to be at one of the performances. And so our which is why our friend Ty stepped yeah. in and he was gracious enough to say, hey, you know what? I would like to give one of the performances, one of my performances to him since he has put in so much work. Mm hmm. And Ty accepted and performed for that night. And Brian got to actually watch the show. And that was what he said. He was like, you know, I just didn't understand that this was the world that we yeah. were in. And he's like, now after watching it, all those things that you were saying and every like it all makes sense. Like I can't like it almost seemed it, it was kind of cool, like seeing his face afterwards, because sometimes when you're in it, you just it's hard to see. Yeah. And especially when you're in certain parts of it, not the whole thing, like the bigger picture <laughs> yeah. is all of a sudden lost. And it's a little different for like you and I, because we were able to watch it. Yeah. And, you know, objectively for so long. And he was able to sit back and actually see the performance that all of his fellow castmates were given. And whenever he came backstage, he was just like kind of blown away and being able to see his reaction to it. I was like, man, this is this. I mean, that, that is kind of a, a priceless moment like mm-hmm. that that felt really good to have it click with someone who's on the stage and you know ha- had been living in the world to have it also it felt like that. really good on saturday to go out and see all of those people that were <laughs> sitting in their seats yeah because every night that we did the show there were more and more people mm-hmm. and it just that to me is such a testament to the performance because you can market the hell out of something. Yeah. But word of mouth is going to get you there every single time. And just the fact that people were talking about it enough and telling their friends and other people were showing up. And, yeah. And it's like it grows and it grows and grows and you have people coming back and it's like this is this is what it's about. Like clearly, even though this almost killed us. Yeah. <laughs> in so many ways. Well, like I had some family that had come in out of town to watch it 
And from the moment that the show had ended till basically when they left, they could not stop raving about it. Yeah. And I don't say that like in like an, oh, let's look at the accolades and adoration and things like that. But it was just like it's a testament to everybody's effort that they put into telling the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, empty affirmation is terrible, but it's nice to have affirmation. That was actually a good show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't think I'd like it, but man, that but was man, good. That was great. Um, <laughs> no, but whenever you actually, when when you, when you listen to people, and you try to take that compliment and actually listen to what they're saying, I mean, it is it it was phenomenal that people were able to see the fact that we literally poured our hearts and our souls mm-hmm. and blood, sweat, and tears into this thing, and came out on the other side. And like your parents, who played these older characters who were you know mm-hmm. some of the the more detestable characters in the show right and to have people just rave about like oh my god like i could not believe that you know she would be able to say these things or that or that they that, were able to yeah that he them. would be able to even commit to being like that drunk and that he could say those things to those people yeah, i don't think my dad yeah. has ever ever really truly been drunk so that was kind of interesting that he was able to play that so good yeah and not in a comical way. No, even. that was what I was. So, it's easy I to lean so into the comical side of that. He was able to do, like, detestable drunk is hard. Mm-hmm. Funny drunk is easy, but detestable drunk. I mean, I was like, dude, you're that's gross. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, he he was able to to go there, and I I was I don't know. I was just I'm so crazy proud of everyone that was in this show, and I would honestly do any show ever with any of the people that were in this cast. And I think that it would be amazing. And I'm I'm just very I'm very thankful that we were able to to pull it off. And it it wasn't just because we were pulling this boulder uphill by ourselves. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to say earlier. It's just so many people and it's not just us. And mm-hmm. it's hard to take the compliment and not be like no, it's it really wasn't me, and you're just listing off all these names when people are like, "Yeah, that's cool." I just wanted yeah. to tell you that it was amazing. It was like, "Yeah, but it was amazing because of the, like you want to make sure that everybody has that like credit." It's, like for it, it's so hard to convey that to people because it's like, sure, you and I had sat down for basically a year and had talked about like what we wanted to do conceptually, and the fact that everyone, you know, Josh with the photos, Christian with the music, mm-hmm. Kindle with the lights, and everybody that helped us build the set, like all of our castmates that were there to help us build the set. I mean, down to my mom baking homemade pies yes. for people in the front. So, so that everyone got to be able to be a part of and have the agency in, in having the story come to life. And like... Yeah, sure, sure. We had the thought to to do the show and to to basically decide what script to use. Well, it's just like, but outside of that, ship everybody a, helped us. Every ship needs a captain. Yeah, but the second, like, it can't go anywhere if it's just by himself. Yeah, it, it, he's literally shouting orders. You need a helmsman. You need somebody yeah, who's pulling the so sails many up and people, down. And I think it's so easy to forget that. And I, I don't know. I just. I this this was one of the hardest things and I know that it was really hard for it it wasn't just me and it's hard for me to realize too sometimes I'm like I've got that artist brain thing going on I'm like this is so hard for me like emotionally to like I'm like always thinking about this and I'm like 
in a different place and nobody understands me. <laughs> and Lexi's over here like, I am so stressed <laughs> for real reasons. And I was like, yes. But you can like, tell which, which, which one of you guys has the type A and B personalities. I was like, yes, but like. I'm in a dark place because <laughs> of this monologue that I have to give. And I built this set. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, but there are all these Get other things. Get over yourself and There are focus. all these other things. Like, we need all these other things done. I'm like, mm, I can't go to Sam's. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I wonder if after this show she realizes she married a child. She, no, she knows. She knows. There's so many times that I feel like the baby that everybody has to take care of. And I, I know that about myself. She, like, I just... The fact that she is willing, I mean, I feel so incredibly lucky. I can mm -hmm. go on a little, I could probably talk about it forever, but I can go on a little soapbox about how lucky it is and how happy I, how lucky I am and how happy I am that I'm with someone who is willing to be like, I am equally as passionate about this thing that you're passionate about, not only because you're passionate about it. And it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, yeah. it's like to have that sort of, uh, support. I mean, there's no way that this would have happened in all honesty without you and Lexi. I mean, there's just, there's no way we know. Yeah, no, I know, you know, <laughs> I know, you know, I mean, Lexi's so amazing that she even texts me to drink water. She's like, you haven't eaten anything. Oh yeah. We were working out on the set. She would walk out there with a sandwich and some waters. I mean, I'm like at school and she sends me a text. How much water have you drinking today? I'm like, this is just, it's just amazing that you you know to have people around you who genuinely care about your well-being being not just because they need something from you but because they actually care. Yeah. <laughs> but that just shows you how long I was in the acting world. <laughs> I was like, why do you care about the oh, you need me for the show? Like, yeah. no, I want you to be healthy. Yes. Like, oh, I don't understand. Yes, the life insurance hasn't kicked in yet. Yeah. Drink water. It's like, I don't need you to just be healthy for three months. I need you to be healthy for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, it's been nice to, you know, be able to rain adoration on our friends and the people that have helped us along the way. Well, and you know, it's so difficult. I want everyone to know how thankful I am for yeah. them. And it's so hard to do that in a, in a uh, sincere way whenever the only real way that you can do that is just by telling them. Yeah. And it's like after a while, you almost feel like it's insincere. It's like, no, but I genuinely am, am super Like you've crazy. done something for me that I could I cannot repay you for. Yeah, I can't. There's no amount of money I could give you. There's not like, I can't, there's no amount of gifts that I can give. I yeah. mean, I, and I can try to do all of those things, but it's not going to, like... I, write you a poem i mean it's like so many things <laughs> please don't i've seen your poem that's true i just there's so many things that you want to be able to do to somebody so that they finally like understand like, yeah oh i get it like he really did like no but i i truly like <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's just so much and and that goes down to even all of the people who showed up in the audience to even buy a ticket to watch the show that were yeah, so I willing mean, to give two hours of their night in our community, this is not the type of show that people show up for. Yeah. And the fact that we were able to get the audience that we got, you know, I feel like this show was an extreme success. Mm -hmm. And and I will always feel and that And you way. should. You should feel very proud of the things that you were oh, able man. to accomplish with I this. I feel like... Not only as an actor, but as a director. I feel like it feels almost like it didn't happen at this point. It's only been a day. Like, did it happen? It's like, oh, no. 
I know it happened. Can you <laughs> recite any words from the monologue? Well, I mean, in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was instantly gone or. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's not this episode, but we'll definitely talk at some point in time about what it's like to be an actor on stage and realize that the entirety <laughs> of every line you've memorized has exited your brain and you're just standing there yes. literally alone staring at an audience at the biggest audience you've had thus far and you're like nope there's nothing there and the only thing you can think of is the end of the monologue yeah and you just finished the beginning of the monologue yeah (laughs) that was so wild so wild it was a mastercraft Master class in watching, not a master craft. Master class in watching someone navigate <laughs> where at the, the end of it. Go. At the end of that monologue that night, when I I got an applause at the end of that monologue for the first time, it was interesting. I was not expecting that at all. It was so yeah. weird. I finished that monologue. And I turned my back, and they started applauding. And I was like, "Are they applauding because they saw the struggle? Is that why they're like, you made it, you did it." Great job. Go ahead, baby. You got it. You you said all those words. (laughs) We didn't understand it, but you clearly clearly were going through some things, (laughs) and it was difficult. So, great. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. I was so close at at that just being like, guilty, and then taking a bow (laughs) and walking off stage. You're a you're a better storyteller. Than like you wouldn't have done what that. Did, what does the jury say? What it was that heck? The jury said what? Guilty. Oh, go get the verdict. Oh no! <laughs> Please hurry. Scout. <laughs> Just walking <laughs> off stage. Y'all been here all day. <sighs> well, I will say uh, thank you to everyone who was a part of this, who came to see it, who listens to this, who has supported us from the beginning of the podcast, even the beginning of us doing any shows together. I mean, thank it you. feels like this is like. Now, what is scene partners? What now we can it? talk about doing a two-man show. That's true. We were just gonna move on to the next one, um, which we already started talking about that today, which is just shows how we are. Um, <laughs> oh, we're sad about this one ending. We'll move on immediately. And well, why like face real emotions <laughs> when I can distract myself with anything else in the world? Well, that's like our friend Jeremy was like, "I hope you're relaxing today. That you're just like sitting in your PJs." watching tv and i was like i did whoa no i did i'm not worried about you i did <laughs> you were like, like i no, went to work i went recording <laughs> a podcast <laughs> well this has been like a it, i mean it really was an absolute true honor to put on this show mm-hmm. and it was an honor to work with everybody that we got to work with and i will i will seriously never forget it yeah i think that since the start of our company we have been so fortunate to work with some truly amazing people. Yeah. And I it really makes me look forward to what in the world the future holds for it. So I hope that, you know, people get vaccinated and we get back to normal. There's my plug. And maybe one day we'll do Blade Runner the musical. Don't toy with my emotions. <laughs> well, anyway, that was Cody. And that is Christoph Hernapolis.
I think sure, every time I be... say something, you have to be contrarian. Eh, maybe. Please don't put this in the podcast.